Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Critical Hit, a foul mouth podcast where we talk about everything. I'm your host, Red King, and with me always is Crimson and Chrono Warden. Boogity, 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 boogity. Boom! Come on, dude. That's a fucking Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> yeah, yeah. Halloween. Hit him with the jump scare. <laughs> Tonight, we are. We're getting back into our top 10. We are at number seven. Um, uh, none of them contain hentai games, we promise. Are you guys ready? Uh, says who? Joke's on you. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're ready. We are critical hit. You. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> top 10 games, number seven starts now. All right. Before we begin, it's been like a lot of weeks since Chrono has did an opener, so it's uh, it is time. Do you know how much your immune system really weighs? What are you? Are we mostly bacteria, or is there more to us than just bacteria? <laughs> In this segment of Chrono's Wacky World of Science, nice, 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 nice. I will answer that first question. What? The immune system weighs about as much as a pineapple. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? Yes. It's not a concept. It's an actual thing. Because that's exactly where I went. I was like, I always thought it was just like a concept, like a thing. It's like the uh, immune system. You got some cells yeah. all over your body. <laughs> it's your immune system. So what? what <laughs> have, yo, they have a fucking spot. They have a base. So what is actually your, your immune system then? Where it's like the central? Oh. So it's not the idea that it's one located thing. This article goes into that, and I'll cover that in a second. But basically, the average adult male around the world weighs roughly 150 pounds or 70 kilograms. Oh, boy, I'm fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen. 150s rookie numbers. We got to pump those numbers up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you count America? <laughs> yes. We unfortunately also have to count starving people. Oh, oh yeah. That just made me sad. Yo. <laughs> Damn. Fucked up averages. Oh, we are now taking donations to make ourselves feel not so bad. <laughs> but. The basically the the immune system is a churning mass of around 1.8 trillion cells in our body. So does that mean there's 1.8 trillion cells in a pineapple? <laughs> no. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't know I don't know if that quantified like like in a similar way. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> it's the idea that if you take the waist, weight of that many cells, it comes out to 2.6 pounds. Which is about the same as one pineapple or six hamsters. <laughs> oh, that's really weird. I'll take the six hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird. <laughs> you ever watch Hamtaro? That shit was. <laughs> when I was what? little, <laughs> that shit was my shit. <laughs> so, this is Ron Sender, a biologist at the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel. Him and his colleagues decided to go around and actually review how many immune cells there are in the body. Like, there's never been a solid number. Because there's this whole thing about what are we as a person, right? The ecology of the human body. 
and what we interact with because there's that current scientific convention says is that we're mostly bacteria. These guys are learning that that may not be true. There's also generally the belief that most of our immune system is in our digestive tract. So it's in our gut because there is evidence between if you have a healthy stomach, the rest of your body is usually pretty healthy. However, these guys have been finding that the lymph nodes also seem to have an important role. Hmm. Okay. I remember being sick as a child and my lymph nodes bulging out the sides of my neck. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was disturbing. It was like some freaking uh, looking like a toad. <laughs> like, <laughs> ribbit. <laughs> but that that's kind of because I have heard a, a lot of the uh like goings on about like gut health and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of that's interesting new discoveries. That motherfucking uh, Ganon Activia bullshit. I drink one of those shakes every morning. Huh. They They're fucking great. Yeah, I mean it, there's a lot of because I've also been I've been effort around my intermittent fasting and sometimes even not in taking anything at all is the answer. Well, cuz um, that's the thing, right? There is literal scientific evidence between healthy gut, healthy body. Because that is the engine of our body, basically. Well, there's also a link between healthy gut, healthy nut. What the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, moving on from the horny bastard in the corner here. Sorry. <laughs> so basically, one of the things among immunologists is, is trying to figure out which organ actually has the largest reservoir of immune cells in the body. And whether it's the stomach, the lymph nodes. So they're trying to uh, work on this. And they revised the estimates for how many bacterial cells reside inside the human body. Finding we're not outnumbered 10 to 1 as previously thought. They've also calculated how often our body cells replenish themselves. Cells lining our stomach and gut are replaced every few days, blood cells turn over every few months, while other cells, like neurons, last a lifetime, roughly. Okay, that's kind of cool, though. So I can, like, have a, a healthy, brand-new stomach, theoretically, every uh, every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, but your fucked-up brain is stuck forever. Yeah, and and I'm currently drinking Oktoberfest. <laughs> in November. Yeah, there, there's that. <laughs> But so this is a brief aside to this particular article I was reading uh, some months ago at this point. They're actually finding that people that have suffered nerve damage when they were very young and that are still alive. It's been like 50, 60 years since they had their accident or whatever gave them the nerve damage. They like start renewing, right? The nerves had actually started to repair themselves. Whoa. So there's this idea of the human body is capable of incredible feats of healing because that was the convention, right? Nerves don't repair themselves. It just seems to take a very, very, very long time. So the thing is, is like we're all in our 30s. So if it happens to us, by the time they're getting repaired, we'd be fucking 90. What's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah. Right. But the yeah. idea is, is that if we can see this actually happen and you study gene therapy and things like that, you may be able to accelerate the process. Because isn't that like all the like the experimental stem cell crap that they're doing too when it comes well, to like Well, this was just people that athletes. had just regrown. Like uh, okay. someone suffered a spinal cord injury and like they were seven and now they're like 57, 67. 
and they're actually getting like limited, very limited mobility in the joints they can't use anymore. So if they can make that faster, that would be right. that'd be amazing. Or make you able to survive while it while it does its thing while it cooks. Yeah, <laughs> cryo freeze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like if they don't, like, I guess they would have to like half freeze. You would be weird. <laughs> like you will walk again, but it's going to take. A hundred years. What, what, like a, a doctor who says a hundred. A hundred. I was like, don't freeze me. <laughs> you couldn't use cryogenics for that because then the whole process oh. stops. Yeah, you're right. Fuck. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy though if they did find a way to like manage to like kind of, for lack of a better term, stop the process of you like aging and decaying while that was going on, and then you woke up in like some cyberpunk land. Well, like, like is... everybody you know is gone, which is depressing, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> really cool. Everyone's got fucking robot arms. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, first thing I would do, batoning robo dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Batoning robo dick. It's like, it's adjustable for her <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, I'm like, I would be out here getting my fucking kick ass mantis blade arms that are just ceramic, so you never know I'm armed. And then just wham, praying mantis arms. Everyone's out here like dick. Everyone's got all these fucking fancy augments that they would do. I would just get a spine that if I jumped and I landed, it doesn't do that compressy thing. You might want to try eyes first. <laughs> and you also might want to get Fuck all that. <laughs> you might want to also get all of your joints too, because the spine might not do the compressing thing, but your legs dude, will still break. You want to know what hurts so bad is being on like a scissor lift. And then have it. It like, just goes. No, like when you move it up, and then it stops. It just sh the whole basket shakes. Yeah, and your spine. <laughs> and it's all in your spine. <laughs> it's like only, only my back. <laughs> That's all I would do is only my back. I'd be like, can I walk down the stairs quickly? And you know, like when you walk down the stairs, you do that little like that little like bounce down the stairs. Yeah. If that doesn't fuck me up, huh, that's all I need. <laughs> Good lord, man. Talk about uh, talk about low aspiration. Yeah, I'm easy to please. <laughs> but to get back to this, so the I the that figure, as I said, is for on average the uh, average adult male. Females and children, they have to look into it more. And obviously, the larger you are as a person, the more immune cells you're going to have because your body has more mass to work with. Right. I'm guessing mango. <laughs> mango? What's mango that? for women. It's gonna be that's it's gonna be roughly the weight of a mango. But like a hefty mango. <laughs> you know, women are more prone to autoimmune diseases, which would raise their number. Holy. Yep. Dang. Okay, that's actually impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. And children get sick more, so they would also children get sick one. all. Oh, so time. so we're talking like um, what's heavier than a pineapple, but not by a crazy extent. <laughs> <laughs> like some type. Yeah, yeah, but like maybe a smaller melon, like a honeydew. Honeydew uh, isn't as heavy as pineapple. Is that honeydews seem dense? Don't they? <laughs> a pineapple is more dense than a honeydew. Mostly water, bro. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that is pretty heavy. So, yeah, watermelon. We'll go with watermelon. Because <laughs> I'm also thinking about, like, the actual size of the of the fruit. And a watermelon's pretty fucking big. 
Oh it's like we're going to fit all that immune system. <laughs> we know where you're thinking it's fitting. You're like, let me explore your immune system. What? Oh. Anyway, we'll draw this uh, wacky segment to a close for this time. Yeah, because uh, he's going off the rails trying to figure out fruits and where he can stick them into a body. <laughs> he's got a seed somewhere. Uh, I was trying to hold that back. I didn't mean to breathe from between my legs. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that went that went in. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about fruits and where to stick them, seed has to come up. Yeesh, seed has to come. <laughs> oh my gosh. Give me out of Why am I stuck in this? <laughs> it's just your brain, bro. It's you. This yeah, is you. That's your, that's your degenerative neurons. Just they're like, hub, hub, hub. Yeah. Nut. You <laughs> nut. three hubs and a nut. And Wait then a minute. Seed everywhere. Hold on though, because <laughs> oh my gosh. because you can get the hub on your mobile phone. It's portable nut. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like the PlayStation yeah, Portable yeah, commercials. Yeah, you Why that? you gotta ruin that for me? Because that's kind of a perfect segment. Segment. Play, PlayStation <laughs> Pornable. <laughs> that yeah. It, wow. was, it was for me. <laughs> Anyways. You fucking degenerate. Absolute degenerate. <laughs> number seven. This is number seven out of our top ten games. By the time we're done, it's gonna be like a really awesome curated 30 pack of amazing titles. That, yes. Yes. That you could all check out at your own discretion, starting with mine, of course. What? <laughs> First is worse. Remember, uh, Hey, I'm going to take it. <laughs> so just as a quick recap, our 10 through eight for the three of us, red King saints row three half life two with the caveat of still trying to insert the entirety of the source engine into a slot. <laughs> Which, which we still call bullshit on <laughs> number eight ssx3 okay. crimson crash bandicoot trilogy number nine was jack and daxter the precursor legacy specifically because fuck two and three for being edgelordy yep <laughs> number eight devil may cry five oh. <laughs> myself chrono warden knights of the old star wars knights of the old republic at number 10 fire emblem awakening at number nine and number eight is jade empire those are some pretty, some hard hitting titles. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go go ahead and throw my hat in the ring because I'm I'm gonna add to the threes here because I've I've been thinking <laughs> I've been thinking extensively about this. I'm gonna stay away from the innuendos. <laughs> sure. I've been thinking extensively about this, and my number seven is going to be Tekken three. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's see if you can avoid the thirst trap. <laughs> Those polygons were <laughs> Listen, they were tough to thirst. Listen, <laughs> people were thirsting after NES Samus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were thirsting after Laura Croft, original Laura Croft. <laughs> there was just edges everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there was just edges everywhere. Speaking of the real edge lady. <laughs> yeah, actually. I so, might lose an eye, but I'm going in, bro. <laughs> Wild. And you know the the new uh, HD remasters. You know why everybody is excited for those. Um, 
round those suckers out. Anyways, <laughs> why am I doing this? I'm um, I'm showing up with the sandpaper. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> the, the raw hide. <laughs> the, the polygonal sandpaper. Yeesh. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Here we go. Um. So Tekken three. The reason why I'm picking it is because like. Because you remember the first Tekken that we ever played, Red King, was Tekken 2. Yep. And it was a demo. And the one thing that I will remember about Tekken always was how janky it started as. Because it was it was a cool game, like 3D Fighter. That was brand new for the time. But it's like, I also remember being able to do like the super jump. <laughs> do you remember how high you could jump in Tekken 2? <laughs> that game had a ridiculous jumping mechanic. Yeah. And it was like part of the meta that it was just like you could just sky high punch <laughs> somebody into the air. <laughs> like and it was it was kind of funny, right? Because the the X button gave you a like a falling kick. Mm -hmm. But that circle button, everybody <laughs> had every character because you know it was it was it was like an early 3D fighter. It wasn't like Virtual Fighter kind of had the same issue early on. When did Tekken 3 come out? Oh, That's a good question. It was late 90s. So after Soul Calibur. Yeah. Yeah, it was close. It was close to the next generation of consoles. I do remember that. Yeah, and like everybody's fighting style became different in 3 because in 2, everybody had that same sky high. You jump and press circle at the same time and you just hit them with like a flying upward punt. <laughs> the air juggle was strong in Tekken 2. No, it was just one. It hit. was, yeah, it was one devastating kick. <laughs> You'd throw a ground combo and then they would encourage you to jump and then hit the triangle button to do a downward punch. Yep. Yep. Like a jump and then you ah, hit him and like take a knee and bonk him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Everybody had the same moves in that game. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah, it, it, it really was. It, it was the infancy of a lot of uh, now, like, taken for granted 3D fighting mechanics. Because, like, motherfuckers could just draw it back it, in the day. Like, so a character that had different art, like, they had different fighting styles. They did different things. Tekken, no. They all had the same stance. Yep. And they all did kicks. <laughs> and they all did that ground <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then you got the Tekken three, and that was really when because it was the first time in series history, in any type of fighting game series history, that you were able to get rid of essentially the entire original cast and replace them with a lot of new characters, mm. and it actually worked. Oh, so that that was one of the biggest things about it is that because you started with Kazuya Mishima and what I found out apparently is pronounced Jun Kazama. Um, didn't know that. Um, you know that was the main guys. Uh, you had um, Lei Wulong. Yeah, Lei Wulong. You had Yoshimitsu. You had um, like Jack. those were the only characters that and the Jack and yeah. Jack. Yeah, yeah, because those Jack, are the only characters that came back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You had Nina, Nina, and Anna Williams as an unlockable, but that wasn't even in the. That was only in the PlayStation One version. In the mm. arcade version, you didn't have a lot of those bonus characters. Right. So, but they ended up replacing their main character with a new main character that was the son of that main character. 
So it kind oh, of Boruto. Worked. Yeah, yeah. It was literally <laughs> Boruto before Boruto was Boruto. <laughs> um, I did it better. <laughs> well, yes, Boruto is Boruto. Yep. Oh gosh, you want to know what fucks me up about that series? As a quick aside, Naruto was a ninja anime. Boruto is about aliens. Yeah, how the fuck do you go from what like? Then they're trying to say that everything was actually aliens, like yeah, which is the stupid. fucking Nine Tails was actually a a moon being. Yeah, get out of here with that. Yeah, I will say though that Boruto art style kind of slaps though in the manga. I don't like how all all of them are weirdly young, but also doing the weird like model look. <laughs> but it's like um, the the art style itself. Boruto be like looking all mean and shit. Yeah, yeah. They, like they He's look like all Sasuke emo, dude. Yeah, and they all be looking like freaking a hundred percent. They're doing um, their best headshot. <laughs> it's just like it's very and strange. we're voguing. And we're voguing. Yeah. Um, it's a vogue dance battle against aliens. That's it. That's yeah. But uh, but Tekken Three also was when it really like the series really started like coming into its own because pretty much Tekken Three has been the base for every Tekken thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get which I think somebody should. Get the sky high kick just as a cameo type of thing. That'd be awesome. Um, but if, nev- if Jun comes back in Tekken 8 <laughs> and just like wish hit him with that sky high kick. <laughs> so does Yoshimitsu still have all his crazy sword moves? Yeah. Yep. He just looks insane these days. Like, because he used to look like just like a cyber ninja kind of. And then now he just looks like some weird, like alien thing. He's got like tentacle dreads and all. Well, yeah, like it got very, very weird <laughs> near the end. I actually like Soul Calibur Yoshimitsu way better than hey. Tekken Yoshimitsu. That the the newer looks are just weird. <laughs> um, I mean, Soul Calibur Yoshimitsu has some weird fucking looks too. So yeah, but it's a lot more akin to like leaning into like Demon Ninja. Fair enough. You know what I mean? This they keep leaning into like. Alien ninja with Tekken. Oh, well, he's Sci-fi. an alien cyber ninja. Well, yeah, but he's Boruto. <laughs> Before Boruto. Hey. Whoa. Wait uh, a second. <laughs> fucking Bandai Namco. You might want to go after uh, Boruto's creator there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> Lars Alexanderson, basically Boruto. Bruh. With his weird thing that we have. <laughs> oh, baby. Yo, wait. Like, this is, I need to pull up a picture now. What the fuck? This is getting pretty uh, This is getting pretty heavy. This is like spicy revelation. <laughs> that, that, that's the name of our band. <laughs> spicy revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I play the electric triangle. <laughs> Tell me that this. How, how are you hitting it with the. <laughs> I play the electric triangle. <laughs> Tell me this motherfucker isn't like Oh damn. Yeah. He's like 4K he, Boruto. He looks like Siegfried and Boruto. So Siegfried from Soul Calibur and Boruto had a child. Man. <laughs> Boruto be acting like if Sasuke and Naruto had a child. Which eh. is very weird. <laughs> of, I mean, they basically well, were gay bros. Like a lot of bro on bro reproduction <laughs> going on here. Oh, Didn't think it was possible. Well, aliens. Whole oh, no. sexy jutsu, bro. Oh, oh no! Oh yeah, it's a fully too. functional sexy jutsu because he's actually an alien, dude. 
Head cannon. Oh, head cannon. no. Head cannon. Like, Next I'll, episode is going to be. I got to go on a mission, Hinata. <laughs> I'll be back in like nine months. <laughs> don't like, worry about it. Weird. Um, Sakura, <laughs> don't come looking for me. I'll be back when I return. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> um, so the thing is, is that a lot of the me- mechanics started to get massaged out. They were There were a lot more. I left, everything was a lot more. Why are you doing this to me? Why I see that smarmy ass? He's okay. looking at all the character art for Tekken 8. He's like, massaging out. Yeah. No, bruh. Bruh. You're out here like that one Chun Li player with the mods. Oh, good. Yikes. Anyway, continue. I'm uh, not where you're going. Uh, yeah. The, it mechanically it started becoming what Tekken is. And I think that, you know, it's kind of inarguable that Tekken is a it's a power player in the in the fighting game sphere. You know what I mean? It's probably I would argue it's part of like the big three of fighting games. You know what I mean? I would say Tekken, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter. Yeah. I would consider the big three of fighting games right yep. now. Everything else is just kind of like they're popular in their own circles, but if you know a fighting game, it's probably going to be one of those three. And, you know, when you look at like a lot of the characters started having a lot more of like a signature look, like even now as they've kind of evolved and evolved, they started kind of going back to their more Tekken three styles, except for Tekken eight. I will be honest. They <laughs> did something with, with the costumes in Tekken eight. <laughs> like everybody looks like a fan made character. <laughs> ah, so the second Tekken movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Wild. <laughs> it's like they, they lean into some crazy costume designs. Like you remember Paul Phoenix, his, his, you know, signature look of his high top, his real high top. Um, His mile high top. Then they turned it to that weird swoopy hair. They fucked him up. Yeah, he he looks like... They fucked my boy up. He's out in two months. January 26th. Um... So it's like when you when you look at a game that has come as far as it did, it's you know it added crazy fighting styles that you never really saw with like Eddie Gordo. You know what I mean? It's like you have somebody who's I'm, I'm not gonna butcher the name Capoeira. There you go, and you know which is like dance fighting. I had never seen that before in my life. Really? But I be- yeah, like prior to Tekken Three, I didn't even know that existed. Oh. You know, so I'm like, which is cool because obviously I got to introduce something new. Well, I thought you were saying they were bringing that in in Tekken 8. No, that's cool. They had. Oh, it oh yeah. Tekken yeah. 8. It was way back then. They Yeah. They introduced him way back then, which is crazy. And since then, they've kept they've kept it going. Mm-hmm. And I would say they probably have the most diverse um, like fighting style pool of any fighting game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting a, a lot of times Street Fighter is like just getting there. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's really, it was really cool to see how much it evolved. The character models at the time, like the, the graphics were crazy, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause it was a PlayStation one and it started getting to that point where it's like, whoa, fully rendered background. Holy crap. They don't just look like, you know, 
blocks. <laughs> they did push a lot of polygons in that game. Yeah, yeah, which was crazy. And it's like, you know, the music was insane because mm-hmm. I know, like, to a certain extent, since I'd probably say Tekken 5 was the last one with a soundtrack that really, really slapped. The rest of them have just been really overdone techno. Yeah, yeah, which I don't really know how to feel about that. But but it's like drum and bass. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it, it was weird. <laughs> but it's like you had uh like Jen Kazama was literally just like rock theme. <laughs> it, I was, was like, it was drum and bass though, which was kind of interesting. It was, but I think it was drum and bass before uh Harada was just like more drum and bass. <laughs> Put I laser knew, noises. But more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More laser noises. <laughs> but pew, I like that sound. But <laughs> like, I need you to stop coming in here and pressing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, I'm going to need you to leave. This is the master control room. What happens if I push this and a fighter just dies? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I can win the tournament from here. Guys, we have a problem. <laughs> Guys, uh, the main guy died. I don't know what to do. <laughs> So, like, <laughs> one thing that I actually found was really interesting about that game was uh, I think that was the first uh, fighting game that they included the arranged soundtrack, which was for the PlayStation. And then they also included the arcade soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I was, pl- you know, playing that game for hours. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, we sunk a lot. Yeah, time. probably like hundreds of hours into that game. Switch soundtrack was like, okay, now we're gonna play it for more hundreds yeah. of hours. But yeah, because it was weird. The music made it just feel new. It was like, I already love this game, change the music, and it was like drastically different tracks. It wasn't just like a situation where it's like, oh, it sounds the same. It's like, no, this is completely new. So I was like, all right, fine, 50 more hours. <laughs> You've earned it. But it's like Three weeks later. <laughs> but you also get the uh the signature. Go touch grass. <laughs> yep. I don't touch grass, okay? Then you go outside, you just hover. <laughs> I have evolved beyond grass. <laughs> like, I will never touch grass again. You're just because like, I'm allergic to it. You're just like 72 pounds more overweight than it was because I found out today that I'm drastically overweight. Oh damn. <laughs> Um, but, but it's like uh you know then you got the kind of signature dramatic story of Tekken mm-hmm. like wicked over dramatic it's like one of those weird uh like those korean dramas you'd be seeing on like okay Netflix but this is stuff. the same company that does soul caliber over dramatic stories is their bread and butter that's that's their thing yeah yeah so it's like you get the big betrayal of uh you know Heihachi Mishima Jin because he had left after Ogre killed Jun, and he went and basically trained and lived under Heihachi. Mm-hmm. As he grew up, Heihachi saw that this devil gene power that was happening, with that essentially Kazuya sold his soul to the devil. Kazuya's gene's dead, therefore Gene ended up with, with you know, devil powers mm-hmm. <laughs> so he saw that it started happening and after uh after gene went and uh and fought the ogre and killed him hey was like nah i'm just gonna shoot him. <laughs> and, and like his whole tekken force which was stupid because he he had a 
Tekken Force, which was stupid. <laughs> Jin, use the Tekken Force and run to Dagobah. Run to Dagobah. <laughs> but uh, he, he had uh, he had showed up and they all gunned him down. And then the last bullet that supposedly killed him was Heihachi and he just shot him in the face. But then like he like revived with mm-hmm. his devil gene powers mm-hmm. and then like yoked him up into the sky and slammed him down. <laughs> he launched him from like the Aztec ruins down into the surrounding forest. Yeah. Yeah. And Heihachi is like the all time greatest because he is all intents and purposes regular. Yeah. Out of all these superpowered, the ninjas, the, the picked by fate, the robotics, the fighting animals, the people who are incredibly fast and swift and strong and 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 talented. He's just a dude. He's just an old dude. He's a yeah. dude in his seventies at that time. Yep. Yeah. Close to ninety by Tekken eight. <laughs> then, then you find out that motherfucker was a, a good guy the whole time. Well, he died in Tekken seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oops. Drop that fucking ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a video game episode. There's always spoilers. Yeah. Also, the, the story of Tekken really, like, it's there. It was cool. It was cool at the very end that to basically play it that he was he was the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like so, he did all this effed up crap to his family. But, like, turns out everybody in his family, including his wife, was evil. <laughs> Yo, his wife <laughs> sicked Akuma from Street Fighter on him. Dude, can bro? <laughs> That's in the story. To the point where, like, he said, Kazumi sent me to kill you. He's like, um, uh, you're not even from here. <laughs> <laughs> Raging dude, Demon. Dude, and it happened in the flashback, right? And then after Kazuya ended up killing Heihachi, Akuma showed up. And was like, hey, Kazuya, I'm going to fight you in your full, full devil mode. <laughs> yeah, he does that stupid Goku thing. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, Akuma's I, fucking stupid with yeah, that. Yeah, he's OP. <laughs> and the thing is, he's OP to the point you don't even understand how OP he is. Because he'll fight, lose the fight, and stand back up and be like, good job. And walk away. It's like, what? What? <laughs> you chose to get punched in the face 20 times? <laughs> Insane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so strong. But so is Tekken 8 a sequel to Tekken 7 or are they rebooting it? Is, it it like is a direct soul caliber. It's a direct sequel. Okay. And I have reason to believe that after Tekken 8, they're probably gonna either do a whole reboot or they're gonna they're New just gonna characters. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's another uh you know seed change, so to speak. And which is gonna be cool. I think that'll be a good idea because I do think that. You know, the the Mishima slash Kazama story is done. You know what I mean? It after like Kazuya's gotta die, pretty much. That's that's gonna have to be the story. And then after that happens, there's not much left. Mm-hmm. No, it should it would be a romp with yeah. Asuka and Lily. <laughs> I I did want to pick Tekken 5 because that's that's when they introduced the <laughs> That was uh that was my weird uh Blonde Hime haircut thing. So that's the funny part, right? Because we were just talking about the big three of fighting games. 10, 15 years ago, I would have put Dead or Alive above uh, Mortal Kombat, but Dead or Alive is basically dead. So that's the thing. That was kind of interesting because when Mortal Kombat 
moved to like PlayStation Two era, yeah, it really fell off hard. Yeah. Like 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 three D did not do Mortal Kombat well for a very long time, and then all of a sudden it's just like NetherRealm Studios, the most um the most quick to respond to fan feedback. If there's something wrong with the game and the fans are like, oh my gosh, this this combo is ri- like ridiculous and it's mm-hmm. just way too, yeah, it's borderline broken. They're like, okay, we'll fix it right away. <laughs> like there's a patch three hours later. Like, right, what? <laughs> and that's the thing. So like, yeah, ever since really Mortal Kombat X, yeah, yeah, yep, it the series really took back off. Yeah, which is crazy because there was for a long time when Mortal Kombat was dethroned, there was like a blank spot and there was some. There was some shifting, and I do think that Dead or Alive was there for a while. Yeah, Dead or it, Alive, Soul Calibur. Yeah, yep. I would say that that like it was kind of crazy. It was cool because it was they, like the Wild West. For have, a while. They, have they ever done a Virtua Fighter six? No, they've they've been doing Virtua Fighter five and revisions of Virtua Fighter five. Yep. Like so it's I got think that Street Fighter two treatment. It really do. It really do. But I really hope they do a new Virtua Fighter. But I don't know what Sega's up to these days. <laughs> yeah. Sonic. Yeah, yeah, that's, Sonic that's much is still it. killing it though. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's the thing games. is like they they diverted all power from everything else to just gas in Sonic. Well, yeah. Sega is still publishing stuff and like crossovers. Yeah, yeah, crossovers are big now. The Crocs were fucking fire. Crocs over, <laughs> but Crocs verse. But, but yeah, I I guess to to sum it up because you know I, I could I love fighting games so I could gush about fighting games all day. Um, but Tekken three, I think as far as establishing the series, as we know, it mm-hmm. is fundamental. And if it wasn't for that, you know, understanding of your audience, cause that's really what it was like to understand that your audience would have been okay with such a big change of like removing major characters mm-hmm. and replacing them, changing the entire fighting system. Yeah. Yeah. The whole system changing, you know what I mean? To what was no longer just a, uh, mock-up, so to speak of virtual fighter and mm-hmm. things like that, you know, and really kind of making the identity of the, the game that it is mm-hmm. and the series that it is. It's when the series came into its own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why it kind of stuck with me so long and if they did decide to just remake that oh that'd be wild i'd be good <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> so that's my pick that's my number seven is tekken three <laughs> okay mm, i'm next i'm just i'm gonna step in here we go okay <laughs> uh unreal tournament 2004 okay. oh okay all right <laughs> okay so like i've this is I've been trying to like figure out what exactly I want from this fucking list. Right. And I've been going through a lot and it's for me, I think the games that make it the games I even consider talking about on this show are ones that I have sunk a lot of time into Mm -hmm. and the ones that have grabbed me in a real formative type of freaking way. Right. So, Halo was like my first online game uh, that, I, that I was like actually playing. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But <laughs> Unreal Tournament 2004 was the first online game that I that I f- figured out that there was a meta to exploit and that you could actually be fucking good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because 
just assing around on these games is possible and you can I I guess you can enjoy it doing that. Well, I mean, you could just be a redeemer user. <laughs> you had to get to the redeemer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. So that, you know, arena style multiplayer shooters, I think that's kind of those are kind of the games that are going to make the list for me if mm. I'm going to add a shooter to the list because that's kind of like it's kind of like bunting, you know, to just to say, oh, here's a shooter. Oh, it's really fun to run around and plop, 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 people, right? This game was fucking ridiculous. Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because like there's not a lot of that style of game around anymore, right? Yep. No, there really isn't. And like, it's kind of cool because it was just chaos. Like, it was chaos, but like, you could sort of manage it, but it was like high jumps, speed, no ADS. You weren't ADS, not nothing. You right. Know what I mean, it all was, from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. And it, oh my gosh, the weapons. Yeah. There were some insane ass weapons. Yeah. 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 There were some. There were some weapons that were hit scan. Mm-hmm. There were some weapons that were not. Yeah. Um, the sniper rifle was hit scan as fuck. <laughs> wherever you clicked, wherever that cursor was, where you're touching. Which I'm gonna be honest, I feel like that's fun sniping. I'm I'm sorry, but like I get it. Like realism's great, and it might be harder to be a better sniper. I'm not looking to do that. I'm playing a video game, dog. I want to point and shoot. That's what I want to do. I want to sit here. Oh, the wind is going to the south. Like, shut up. <laughs> and you sit there, and the dude's like jumping. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like, you gotta you gotta make that adjustment for video games because if you're a real sniper, right? The guy can't really change locations that quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Even if he broke into a full sprint, you could lead him like easy yeah in a video game it ain't that way in an <laughs> unreal tournament it's not that way so it had to be hit scanned yeah there's no other way dude yep uh the game kind of had like you know there is a thinly veiled plot in the background um it was based off of the the original unreal that humanity um Made their way into space and then immediately found violent lizard people in the Scar Empire. Mm -hmm. Scar, it's S-K-A-A-R-J. Really fucking Scar. Yeah, yeah. And they're out here with that critical K, though. Yeah. Wait a minute. They maybe had more influence than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh in order to fund the war humanity mined in space and the between the booming population of humans, the war and how expensive it was and the crappy mining conditions uh, after the war with the scar empire, the human race started to kind of fall in on itself and there was a lot of rebellion and, and upheaval. And then they decided in true purge fashion, that <laughs> you will be allowed to uh, fight to the death if you wanna. <laughs> and we're going to watch that shit on TV. And that's what it was. Uh, and that's it. Like, uh, 2002 was same same fucking game. Yeah. 
2004 added vehicles, mm-hmm. and that was a game changer because Assault was fucking psycho. I forgot <laughs> about that mode. Oh, that was good. Okay. Yep. The like you you almost don't. It's it's almost like one of those memories where you kind of think that it was all the same, mm-hmm. but 2004 was huge with the addition of vehicles. Yeah. And because it came out right around the same time as Halo, it kind of bit a couple of their vehicles, like with, uh, <laughs> they had a Banshee equivalent. Yeah. Warthog. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which Granted, was... a Jeep with a turret is not exactly an original idea to Halo. So. Right, right, right. True, but at least they were the actual military. <laughs> the, uh, um, the development of that game was um was interesting because two thirds I know it was three thirds of its um two um uh, stupid with fucking fractions two thirds I said three thirds like a like a moron um, <laughs> <feel> like mm. <laughs> three thirds the whole damn thing all, anyway. all of it <laughs> that's so it's funny that we're talking about this because I just remembered another game from that era huh. mercenaries playground of destruction. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Ooh. New one of them's? That's a that's a game so I actually that needs to happen. bought it on my Xbox and I still mess around with it. It still plays pretty well. Yeah, that game needs to happen. They need it, but they wouldn't mess it up because I I'm game. trying to remember the it had like the the funniest freaking they had like commercials that actually had like a little theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, you didn't. Yeah, yep. And the only problem is they would take it now, and then their characters would probably all have different colored hair, and it would be uh, stupid. Yep, you know, you know what I mean. You you know that flavor, <laughs> like the new Saints Row. Yeah, kind of like lame. Yeah, and like Watch Dogs too, when everybody was just whining about how high credit card debt was, and like <laughs> you became a hacker because you got into credit card debt. Like stupid. <laughs> Anywho. I wish I had that type of uh, response to my crippling debt. <laughs> just become a hacksaw. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to become a elite hacksaw. I hacked the traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, but your crippling debt is because of the hub. <laughs> so you just like hack into like Riley Reed's DMs. <laughs> so <laughs> I do. Wanna... Oh, she's yelling at you in the one song. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Run it back. <laughs> <laughs> I do like cornbread anyways. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, Two thirds of the development team for Unreal Tournament were modders. Mm-hmm. So they were just getting people from the mod community and they were just giving them jobs. That's they, like Bethesda. Yep. They were. Well, it's software. Oh, yeah. 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 Actually, it's also the same team that did Quake. True. True, good point. Didn't even really think about that. <laughs> and then Zenimax Softworks owns id Software, which means it's also owned by Microsoft. <laughs> which, just so you know. Quake 3 is actually on Game Pass. If there's ever a chance of Unreal coming back, though, it's just so gonna, you know, yeah, get ready gonna, to get yeah, an Xbox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just playing on the PC. It would be yeah, on PC yeah, Game yeah. Pass, so that, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's it. Microsoft, though. Microsoft the money. <laughs> Why does it sound like I'm a Microsoft show? <laughs> hey, think of it as a sponsorship. I'm here for. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. 
Just wear green shirts for the rest of my Dude, life. Dude, I'll show up with the Xbox logo all over everything. <laughs> that Xbox. Woo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, no. Here's the thing, right? You remember the PS2 startup noise? Yes. Yeah. The Xbox Series X startup noise has about the same volume. <laughs> like, have you ever had your TV on and then you turn your Xbox Series X on and it just hits you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody in my neighborhood. <laughs> so, like, the thing that that was actually one of the first games, Unreal Tournament 2004 was the first one that I actually really got into modding. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that had one of the hugest freaking mod communities because they just didn't care and they didn't they didn't bar you from using custom skins custom models custom sounds anything was free it was free for you to just throw it all together and run it online yeah yep maps got pervy Maps did get pretty bad <laughs> because it's like because the thing is because it was the wild west of online too where it was like you just you got on there right you had a list of servers you picked server you joined game and unless they put in that server that something was gonna be off you don't know what you're jumping That's into true. yeah you just the same thing with like fucking Counter Strike yeah shit. like Counter Strike. Warcraft 3 had it too. Oh my gosh. It's like bloom. Whoa. Titties everywhere. <laughs> yep. And it was it was ridiculous. And uh I remember one of the skins that I used was uh Bender from Futurama. <laughs> and it was crazy because you could find there were a lot of people doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So like some people would have like really good Bender from Futurama. Other people's had really shitty bender from oh because i remember revisions of skins that we had to get man it was because like like skins and models where you would get one and they'd be like oh this is kind of cool and then like as you're surfing the internet you like find the better version and it's like (laughs) oh i need it I don't know why I could never get it to work right though. I'd Dad, be like, I need the computer to mod. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Are you looking at porn? Like inadvertently, yes, actually. <laughs> no, Dad, I'm not in your folder. Relax. <laughs> like it's actually an Unreal Tournament 2004 map. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is that that weird street porn? I have no idea what you're talking about. Dad. <laughs> In my day, we didn't have the computer. We had to go steal it from the neighbor. <laughs> oh, that I, I completely forgot. I was going to do a back in my day joke. Back in my day, Epic Games, um, they only made Unreal. Or, oh, damn, that was stupid. I, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> back like, in my back. day, Unreal was a video game. There we go. That's yeah, what, not, I, was not, not That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I have so much shit that I... <laughs> it is funny, though, because, like, you specifically mentioned Bender and talking about skins and shit. Fortnite is kind of like that, though. Dude, it really... That's... I was going to say that. They charge you so much money for it. <laughs> yeah. Epic, yeah. what have you done? Yeah, yeah, they, they really... Listen, be, uh... why do you think Epic can afford to give you so many good games? I I mean, that's true. <laughs> for free. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, Fortnite is essentially funding their whole, like... <laughs> development so, catalog 
Epic fully knows that they have said this. I think their store isn't going to be profitable until 2027. Yeah. Yeah, they did say that. That's correct. Which, I mean, here's the thing. Good on them because you are getting a lot of really good stuff for free. Oh, yeah. Because they're charging everything on Fortnite. And they're like, hey, that 12-year-old is probably going to get their parents to buy this. (laughs) Well, so that's the thing, right? At least I will say that about Epic. They put that Fortnite money to good use, and Fortnite is a game that keeps adapting. Yeah. Yeah, they keep adding new shit. I'm going to keep it a bug. I wasn't a Fortnite guy. I'm into Fortnite now. <laughs> Fortnite's not bad. Yeah, it's got me now. Now yeah. that they don't fucking have building. I know that's been a, like a ye- two years since they... Something like that. Since they well, did zero so build, but here's the damn thing, it, what right? a great thing. You can actually yeah. go into creative mode, and there are people that have done like some of the Unreal maps and shit. Hmm. You can just do shooting old school Unreal because they'll like modify player speed. So it's a lot like that. So you're jumping higher. You're just running. Bye, guys. Episode over. (laughs) (laughs) Going to go play some some Unreal Tournament Fortnite edition. (laughs) Unreal Fortnite. 2004. Listen, if they start doing some callbacks, I'm just so I Unreal Fortnite 2024. Do you remember That'd be wild. Um Unreal Tournament 3? Yeah. Yeah. So do you re- remember how weird that was? Cuz they tried to take they de- they tried to take the Unreal Tournament universe up to that point and mm-hmm. then try to make it like realistic. Dumb. Because they got like humanity got back into another war, right? So all the guys who Sounds were appropriate. Uh, <laughs> that's us. It was I, what was the name? It was like the the necro neck something. Yeah, saying. I yeah I, I know I know what you're talking about. I but they basically looked like the uh, the lotus. The yeah. locust, locust from locust uh, from Gears of War. Yep. Yeah, everybody looks like they from Gears yeah. of War in that fucking game. So all, <laughs> all of the, all of the top players from Unreal, from the Unreal tournament, the uh, Liari, um, Galactic tournament, mm-hmm. they got conscripted to join the military, mm-hmm. and the respawning technology that they were using for the tournament. They were using it and they would like activate a respawn field and they would. If their men got shot down, they would come back. Mm-hmm. Which actually was that's not that bad, like as like an advancement kind of thing. They could have used that cool. That's kind of fucked up, though. Like, I mean, it, it, so does get, the respawn technology actually deconstruct your previous body or is you just come back with a new body? It just, you just reform and then you could walk by your, your dead body. So imagine the psychological horror of seeing your dead self, knowing that you have that memory <laughs> like, and that can create a chain reaction. Like you have that one moment where it's like, <laughs> that's like, what? Ah! <laughs> ah, my forehead, ah, my forehead. Right. Like, so we've all had dreams where we've died in them, right? Yep. You wake up immediately. Yeah. It would be like that, but now you can actually see you're dead. It's like Rick and Morty. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that's a psychological hellscape right there. It is. I'm just saying they could have used it in a cool way, but I don't remember them, but I never got here, through. Here was the total miss in that one, is that <laughs> so they, in the single player campaign, it was just the, 
it was the game modes and they would try to make it real. So deathmatch was, you know, you're respawning and you're trying to drain the energy from the opponent's respawn field. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Which yeah, yeah. is your goal score. Mm-hmm. So that's how they, that's how they tried to make the goal score into a real world element in their, in their lore. Right. Mm. Lazy. Then they did capture the flag, which is what capture the respawn beacon. It was, they were called field lattice generators. Oh dude. And they abbreviated it into FLG. Yeah. Yeah. Flag. So <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they were trying to like take the game modes, the classic game modes, and then make like turn it into something that it would actually exist in a real world lore. Yeah, that was garbage. So that was the cringy part about it. They changed a lot of the they changed a lot of like how you would move through the you were a lot slower and you were less floaty. Uh, and like people uh. complained that the float jump and like all the like it was kind of they said that oh it wasn't good and then like the side dodging where you could do like a a midair cartwheel Mm -hmm. like they were they complained about that and apparently that was something that that they felt they needed to get rid of in unreal tournament three and i'm like no they neutered that. Like, they, like, they cut the balls right off of that game. So yeah. that's the problem, right? Half the fun of Unreal Tournament is running around at insane speeds, shooting everything. Yeah. Yeah. And doing ridiculous jumps, like being able to jump from the bottom island where the fucking Redeemer is to the top of the map. Yeah. To blow yeah. yourself and everyone else up. <laughs> fuck you. Yes. Yeah, that was that was the fun of the whole thing. They I'm really like, knocked it down a bunch of pegs with that. But I think... It may, I might try to find that game and fire it up. Yeah, I was now, it. now you boy curious. But that yeah, that's my fucking pick. Yeah. Okay. A, a fucking romp ass romp. <laughs> this man's uh the romp comp. <laughs> yep. My number seven is a game from this year. Wild. Cassette Beasts. What? Yeah, this is an you, indie, boys. You, you've talked about this to me before. I have. Yep. yep. Released April 26, 2023. It is just over six months old. Yeah, that thing is fresh. <laughs> it is. It was oh. developed by Bitten Studios and published by them, and I believe Raw Fury, I think, is the uh, other publisher. That's what I feel every day. <laughs> Raw Fury? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad, like, fucking luchador name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really isn't. Did you... Okay, before you continue, I shared it to our little group chat. Did you th- see the thing where it was, like, um, Mooch Oh, Luch- yes, yeah. it's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's like my hero academia for it's wrestling. Just, yeah. It's just weeb Mucha Lucha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I amazing. saw that. Yo, I was like, amazing. You're right, but amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you had a line, but it's amazing, and you're right. <laughs> So basically the game opens with you make your character and then your character washes up on a beach. Okay. Now, like insanity beach. <laughs> no, you just wash up on a beach and there's okay. like a couple boxes, some shit and you start walking around 
And there's a fucking crab with a traffic cone on its back. Like it's a hermit crab that moved into a fucking traffic cone. Huge hermit crab. <laughs> okay. Called a traffic crab. Sick. And this I was, was, was kind of looking it up. It's a little bit Pokemon. Yes. It is. It's a very like 80s, early 90s nostalgia. I the gotta, soundtrack is really, really fucking good. I got to see it. Keep talking. <laughs> so you travel up the shore, you get into your obligatory first Pokemon battle, right? Because it's a Pokemon like. Right. It's got a bestiary and everything that you can work to fill out. You meet a girl named Kaylee, who is Irish, actually. And we'll cover her more later. But it she gives you a cassette player. And you pick between one of two adjectives, sweet or spooky. And that gives you your starter for the game. If you pick sweet, you get a can devil. If you pick spooky, you get Sheep. <laughs> okay, can devil? <laughs> so are they all like... <laughs> all the monsters in this game are like fucking hilariously like weird. Okay, gotcha. So it's like, so are they all like related? Because the obviously the traffic crab got a traffic cone. Does the can devil have cans on it? No, candy. Oh, oh sweet. Oh, okay, got you. Well, all right. So it... Some of the monsters have multiple different evolution paths. So you know how like Eevee has all the fucking evolutions? Yeah. When you level up a cassette enough times, you can evolve it while well, you rewrite it. Yeah. And depending on some of them have certain conditions of if they know a move, they'll evolve into this or you pick an adjective. So Bansheep and Candevil each have two different paths they can go down. Ben Demon is one of the ones for Can Devil. So it can evolve into a vending machine. Oh, that's cool. That's really the cool. The other one is like uh, Mayasmodrius, I think is the name. And it's a witch that throws like fucking candy coatings at things and does a shit ton of damage. Okay. That's that's pretty mean. I and like then, that. Uh, Bansheep either goes to uh, Zombleet. Or and Capra Corpse, and I forget the other one, but they either become like a ghost sheep or like an earth undead sheep. Okay, cool. this is fucking cool, dude. It does look really cool. It I'm is. Looking, I'm, I'm looking at screenshots. Art, the pixel art is like so clean. Right. That's the other thing. It's very much reminiscent of that early '90s, mid '90s pixel art. Yeah, they they did a phenomenal job. This is job fucking that. cool. Okay. Okay. It's only 20 bucks and you can get it on Switch too. Yeah. I feel like that would be a fantastic Switch game to play. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Game Pass. I got time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there are six companions in the game. Uh, Kaylee, as I already introduced, basically the idea is as you meet Kaylee, you do your first battle. She takes you into town and introduces you to the basically acting administrator of the city and also the like leader of the organization called the Rangers. Because you go around the island, you help people, stuff like that. Your goal is to become an actual Ranger, and you're trying to figure out how to get home in the meantime. Okay. Because the island is called New World, and it's funny because like all the quest names and stuff in this are either lyrics from really famous songs or the names of songs. Oh, that is cool. 
Yeah, I, I like how they're kind of, I mean, obviously cassette piece. It's yeah. like leaning into the music well, part Well, so of that's it. also it, right? You record a monster. <laughs> that's so cool. So the cool part about that too is, is that, so basically your character has two health bars. They have a monster health bar and then their own health bar. And as long as your character has a health bar, as long as you have monsters in reserve, they can keep going even if the one monster gets taken out. I like that. Okay. And it's always you and a partner. And I'll get into the companions in a minute. But basically, when you're recording, you go out of monster form. And if a monster's got even a little sliver of health left, as long as you're trying to record it, it cannot be defeated. So you can keep trying and trying and trying until you actually get it, as long as you have tapes to record with. Okay, so that that's actually really cool, because I cannot tell you the level of frustration that comes from, especially it's like you meet a legendary yeah, and you got to save it right before that legendary because you're, you're going to get into that fight and you're going to risk beating this thing yeah. <laughs> on accident. So you got to reset, go all the way back. It's like, oh my goodness. Well, man. the other cool part is, is that even if you defeat like rare monsters like that, some of them are a pain in the ass because there's one that has like a 5% spawn rate or something like that. It wow. might be lower than that, but there's a spot where you can farm battle, so it doesn't actually take that long. But the idea is, is that even if you defeat some of the rarer monsters, like the 112 to 120 in the bestiary, yeah, they appear later on the map. Like you can find them because if you go into town, there are people that'll give you rumors. And they'll be like, "Oh, this treasure chest was talking," which Miss Mimic is one of the later monsters. Yeah, but your six companions are Kaylee, an Irish woman, the former right hand of a cult leader that's her personal quest line nice there's eugene the self-proclaimed protector of harbor town which is the name of the town you end up residing in he's seeking to stop a bunch of uh profit feeding vampires nice like they just want to become land barons and just charge everyone for everything <laughs> like okay. they all wear the same suit all the colors drain from their face they don't like sunlight ah. <laughs> his is really interesting there's Meredith, who is a Londoner who is obsessed with electronics and very much from the 80s, because, like, your character's card, it says uh, 21C Earth, 21st Century Earth. So our character is effectively us washing up on the shore of this, like, weird interworld. Right. Because all the characters you meet are from different worlds. They're from different timelines and shit. Like, Eugene goes into his past, like, his world had this massive war and everything. And then like, after all that ended, humanity got like back together, had to rebuild the world. So his world is a lot less like war hungry and everything like that. Okay. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Like the fact that each character has their own like universe themselves. Oh, it, it gets better. Next one up, Felix, an artist who mess with, who works in zoetropes, which you know what okay. that is? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. I don't know what that is. So, it's pre-film animation devices. Whoa. Like, it that actually dates back to ancient Greece. And it's cool, because his story, one of his childhood creations comes to life. That's really cool. That's really cool. And you can get her as a cassette beast. Yo, that's cool. And, like, okay. she shows up as, like, a challenge you can keep fighting because she'll want to rematch you because she's like, hey, I'm stronger now. Let's fight. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of like the rival thing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. 
Next is Viola from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Oh, that's okay. And it's cool because she actually talks about like learning all this new technology as someone from effectively medieval England. Wow. Wow. Okay. That that's I like how like diverse the game is. Like with with its tonality to it, like the fact that there's worlds that have a, a essentially eliminated war. The yeah. fact that there's like it's there's What about just, the Grand Inquisitor from a universe where there's only war? <laughs> I speak of Warhammer. Yeah. I Next. speak of Warhammer. <laughs> Barkley. A Pomeranian who arrived with his master and then seeks revenge on the monster that killed his master. And yes, this dog can use cassettes. Wow. Does it speak? Or is no, it just... Barkley just barks. <laughs> Barkley does not talk. <laughs> and it's funny because like, so one of the other Bark. parts of the game is, is that the overworld is a very Zelda-esque style. You fill in the grid map. If you ever played any of the Game Boy Zeldas? Yeah. Yeah, just like that. You go to all the points, you fill out the grid. But it's also got like a very Metroidvania-esque getting ability and you can explore more areas thing. So, so it, it, it's kind of like eliminating the need for HMs pretty much for getting around. Yeah, you don't. You're So the way you teach your cassettes new moves is with stickers. The idea you're decorating your cool. cassettes. Cool. <laughs> very cool. So That's fucking awesome. It's very flavorful. Like stylistically, that is cool. <laughs> yeah. So the six abilities, the first one you get is called Mothwing Glide, which is just you get to glide. The next one is Bullet Dash, which you use to break heavy objects. It's basically a combination of strength and cut. Yeah. Uh, and you can, if you charge into an enemy, you'll actually damage them before the fight starts. That is sick. I like, I like being able to like do a little bit of damage. That's like what, weirdly enough, one of my favorite mechanics to put in a game, like a preemptive strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Up next is electromagnetism, which you can either use to levitate or pull yourself up to certain like electronic uh, magnetic fucking things throughout the world or pull things along with you. Right. Divi all swim, which Divi all is a monster in the game. It's basically a seal wearing one of those 1800s diving helmets on its head. <laughs> that is it's, awesome. It's evolution is scoobalrus. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Scoring points there. They like really it. are kind of diving into that. Uh, the Pokemon naming convention. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> the next one is the pumpkin vine ball, which lets you climb because you turn into a spiked ball of vines. And you can climb stuff with it. If you roll into an enemy with that ability active, you actually get a defensive wall at the start of combat. Okay. That's cool. Uh, and then the last one is a Revor flight. And you just get to basically glide more because you can give yourself more altitude and just keep going up. So they got some pretty, those are very like nice traversal. Yeah. Like moves. That's well, cool. so as you fight the main bosses of the game called Archangels, which I'm not going to spoil too much about, it's I will say it's basically like a telling of the Arthurian tales. Yeah. So Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, all that shit. You get more stamina, so you can use all of these abilities longer. Which the bolt, the bullet dash, <laughs> makes getting around the map real easy when you start <laughs> combining it with stuff. <laughs> But there's more mechanics here. You actually eventually unlock the ability to fuse with your partner. And there's because they just added a DLC, the fusion amount is like up to 19,000 something. 
What? Yeah, because every here's the thing, right? Monster one can fuse with monsters two through 141 and so on down the list. It can also fuse with itself. Oh. And you get different strengths and abilities based on how you fuse. That's like the DNA Digivolve stuff. Like, or like straight up fucking Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. Or also Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. <laughs> SMT was weird though. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. But there's also like, so there are elements in this game. There's your basic air, fire, water, earth. They have astral, which different elements are strong against different things. Astral is the element of space. And it's actually strong against the basic four elements. There's electricity as its own element. Ice is its own element. Some of the more interesting ones are there's glass. What? Yeah. There are actually glass monsters. So what would that be strong against? So glass, interestingly enough, is really good against electricity. That kind of makes sense. It's non-conductive. Yeah, that makes sense. It's an insulator. It's good against astral because it's considered a man-made thing, so it pollutes. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Uh, and then it's funny, though, because Beast is strong against glass. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's just Hulk smash. Smashing well, glass. So here's the funny part, right? Like, So if you use a fire-type move on a water creature, it gives them, an, it gives them a buff. Different elements can give different buffs or debuffs. Okay. Like a lot of the astral moves rely on like fucking with your enemy's stats and stuff. But yeah. if you hit them with a poison move, the pollution element, they go berserk. So they can only attack. Okay. So that, there's a lot of intricacies to the game. So that's cool. What other types of like status effects is there? Because like so, something like Berserk, that sounds amazing, where it's like kind of like the rage type of stuff. In. Well, that's the idea, right? So if you give that to an enemy that has the astral type, they can no longer really inflict status effects on you if the status effect does not come from a direct damage move. Yeah. So if you have an enemy that likes to give themselves walls or anything like that, you hit them with a berserk status effect. They're just stuck. Yeah. Their game plan is essentially gone, but there's, there's the equivalent of like leech life from uh, Pokemon where you hit them with a move and you drain their health. Yeah. There's certain monsters that have an ability called vampirism, where if the enemy team gets a heal, your monster heals half of that damage. There's stuff like echolocation where you will, your moves will hit the entire enemy team or your whole team. If you're buffing or healing, Okay. Uh, all right. Very cool. Very cool. I like that. It's kind so, of wild because, like, you could imagine this probably doesn't have that big of a development team compared to something like Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Game Freak, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got bodies to throw at it. You got this and that. And, like, by trying not to mess with the status quo and, like, I guess now I can't remember where I was drawing the line when we did the Pokemon episode, but. Now I guess I got a new line. Yeah, yeah. That it's it really is. Why don't you just push? Yeah. Why don't you just come up with something fucking interesting and come out of the box? Because double damage against this, zero damage against that is like it's the lamest fucking gameplay mechanic. Right. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like there are Pokemon likes that are better than Pokemon at this point. 
because they're not afraid to shake the fucking shit up. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's kind of like that systemic of like having something that it's not a long established series, mm-hmm. something that doesn't have too dedicated of a fan base to the point where like you got to risk making all of them mad if you change too much. Right. And it's like, but I think also like developers need to start kind of taking a, taking a page from the book of indie developers and say that, Hey, at some point the formula has got to change up. Right. Man. You got to shake that shit up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, you see these types of games where it really is just like, you know, the passion of the developer carries it a long distance. Absolutely. You know? Like everything in this game is like a love letter to classic games like that. Yeah. Which I'm like, I I can't help. I have a lot of it respect for because I mean, it, it makes a more it just sounds more interesting even just hearing about it. It you is. Know what I mean, so here's the thing, right? I will give this caveat. This is one of the few games that has been on Game Pass that I have actually bought. Okay. Like, so, I own this. If they ever take it off Game Pass, doesn't matter. I own it. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's cool to support the developer like that, too. <laughs> the other one is Fae Tactics, which I'll tell you now isn't on my list, mm-hmm. but if we ever do, like, an indie game episode, I would talk about it. Yeah. The other one that's probably going to earn it is Sea of Stars. Okay. What is that about? Uh, it's a Chrono Trigger-like. Okay. I haven't wow, actually wow. played that much of it, but it's got that same feel of like it's a love letter to the RPGs of the early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah, which are, are still, I would say, I somewhat... just started Sea of Stars. What do you think? Fucking love it. It's interesting so far, right? Yeah, yeah. because you played, uh, you played the um, Chrono Trigger. Yep. Yeah, you played it all the way through, didn't you? Uh, yes. Okay. Did you get all ten endings. <laughs> Once I realized that there was more than one ending, <laughs> he's like, "This is." A- <laughs> I I'm trying to remember which one I got. Oh man, because it was a because it was DS. Yeah, that was the DS. Was- actually, added another ending or two, I believe. <laughs> Wiling. <laughs> Why you gotta add more, dog? <laughs> but no, that like I I like that because I feel like I'm seeing that a lot more these days. Is that you know. The indie developers who grew up playing a certain type of game that more or less has been lost in the AAA sphere. Yeah. You know, you look at RPGs, you look at even JRPGs and the, the, what made them so great is just being lost because they're trying to appeal. And this happens a lot because, you know, us is the biggest market for video games next to Japan. And, you know, so a lot of times you get Japanese developers trying to like half step, you know what I mean? Where it's like, they're not necessarily just developing, you know, their RPGs for their Japanese fans. And then American people also like them because mind you, they got popular in America because we also like, it's not like we're averse to the, to the intricacies of the systems or like the well, grind so aspect. That's like, the funny part, right? The only like JRPG AAA series that doesn't feel like it's strayed too far from its roots is Dragon Quest. Yeah. And yeah. I fully that's believe that's because Yuji Hori fully contains creative rights to that series. Yeah. Like that is his. Like Final I, Fantasy just doesn't do it for me anymore. Because I, I I played um it was Tales of Arise recently. Yeah. And I didn't play it all the way through, but like it just doesn't because it, it feels like 
Xenoblade Chronicles. It feels like every pseudo action JRPG. Mm-hmm. It just feels like that. Because I remember playing Tales games like Tales of Symphonia was a big one. You yeah. know, I remember playing Tales Demon of Blade. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It was just Demon Blade. Demon Blade. Get that shit. Well, so there's a couple other ones, right? There's uh there's a bu- a bunch coming out that sort of fit this same bill as cassette beasts, right? Another one that came out was Chained Echoes, that's very much a love letter to that era of RPGs. It's yeah. also really, really good. Uh there's Ayudin Chronicle. Which is the Sui Coden like spiritual inheritor. Okay. Because there's uh I think it's like the Hundred Years Rising or something where you have like hundred and twelve characters, each with a unique story and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Bruh. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot, but that's cool. <laughs> well, like another one is Unicorn Overlord. All like all these games are coming out with like the stronghold style, build your town, then go out and fight tactical RPG shit that i fucking love it's very reminiscent of tactics ogre and final fantasy tactics i i can't hate on that though man i don't either like there's a very good chance i'm gonna buy unicorn overlord yeah i switch probably but which i mean that's another thing i kind of like is that you know a lot of these games are pretty much tailor-made for the switch yeah which is really cool because it's like triple a titles nowadays are just really expensive bloatware (laughs) uh, well like so that's the thing right fucking call of duty needs to get better at optimizing their shit yeah it might actually be a decent shooter but you shouldn't need 300 gigabytes dude what the fuck are you putting in your game that has to take up a third of a terabyte yeah like that's ridiculous you're not even putting like you're not even putting like saucy skins in there or nothing (laughs) i can make unreal tournament like 300 300 gigs but it's gonna be like a lot of nude behind right like cassette beast i think is maybe five gigs if that so in a one terabyte hard drive i can put fucking 200 cassettes beast size games yeah and and let's be real like your graphics aren't that good no no really you're not not. really call of duty has not there's a lot of really spectacular looking games out there right now cod isn't one of them no it's not it's not it still has a very average looking you know kind of just blase right you know like so fortnite is probably the game with the most space currently occupied on my hard drive right and that's just because of the sheer amount of shit they put in it yeah but even it's not 300 gigs i think it's maybe 80 yeah yeah and that's that's true because that's got a lot of content right and so really like, warzone don't got that much content it let's doesn't. be real it's like it's got it's got one major map that constantly updating blah blah, blah all that good shit um but then it's like weapons, which should not be fucking 20 gigs each. You know what I mean? Well, they got to put all the skins, and then you have to individually level them all up. Yeah. But it takes 300 hours to get one weapon to max level. Yeah. And then you have to grind to level up the accessories, too, which is a 300 hours per accessory, unless but you spend money. The one thing that I would definitely accept. save them. <laughs> I would accept a 300 gigabyte um, file size if they put more um Nicki Minaj in there. <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Megan the Stallion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ice Spice. <laughs> there's 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 some uh there's some weight. There's some weight that would substantiate 300 gigs. 
Yeah, there's some bounce there for sure. <laughs> And with that, we have reached the end. We are critical hit, and that was uh, that was number seven. Yes, play them, play them all, just do it. I was not expecting a 2023 game. Yeah, yeah, because it's like right now, it's kind of an ask to ask somebody to go get a uh, PlayStation One copy. What, however, you're going to do it of uh, Tekken Three. That's a bit of an ask, but it's like cassette beast, you can play today. No problem. <laughs> 20 bucks. It's yeah. like, especially if you got that game pass. <clears throat> and the DLC is only seven. Damn. Xbox, Xbox, Xbox. Strong off, <laughs> yeah, Xbox seal. <laughs> uh, find us wherever you find your favorite um, top ten Xbox Simp podcast. <laughs> Google, Spotify, Apple, iHearts. Pandora, some others, maybe, maybe find it on an Xbox somehow. Yeah. Uh, Xbox has a YouTube app. It also has Spotify. Yeah, it does have Spotify. Hey, uh, it's all there. You can Uh, jam your tracks while you play your games. It's got, uh, (laughs) you can just listen to us while you play your games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) You can watch us on the YouTube app on the Xbox. This is just chilly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's a big bowl of chilly. Chilly outside. Hey, we need some likes. We need some views. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, trying to do this full time. <laughs> Get us on that X Twit X uh, Crit Hit official. <laughs> XXX Twit XXX. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, R.I.P. Tentacion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> New episodes every Friday. Gotta wrap this shit up. <laughs> I'm not letting you. <laughs> Peace.